Entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It's been a great third down defense the last two weeks. For Steelers. And they've got an interception. And a run back. All the way home. It's Spillane with the touchdown on the pick six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. Mahomes drifting. Downfield. Intercepted. His first of the season. Jeff Heath comes away. now in and a very merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa and a football friday how's that we're live at the westgate of las vegas the world famous superbook of the tc martin show streaming live coast to coast border to border for everyone here for all boys and girls ladies and gentlemen people of all shapes and sizes this is for you absolutely here comes the bride the bride is here we have a Christmas bride. I've got uh, my friends from India that came by, uh, by way of San Francisco. They were here. Everyone's here at the Westgate here. Leonard Ellerby, my man. The money team. Floyd Mayweather's uh, astute manager in the house. Yeah. So uh, great to have uh, people here, as always. A football Friday edition of the TC Mart Show. Marco D'Angelo in the house. I mean, you... You're as famous as those people I just mentioned. Oh, thanks. Including the bride. <laughs> would, would you ever consider getting married in a casino? No. <laughs> a Christmas wedding in a casino? This is Vegas, baby. It is. It you, is. you don't need to go you know, to the little chapel, have Elvis Maria. But see, you're one of those East Coast guys. You're a Pittsburgh guy. You probably were enthralled with the whole Vegas wedding thing back in the day, weren't you? Uh... I came here for my honeymoon. Okay. Okay. My first marriage. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. All right. Today, the quarterback, Jay Schrader. Uh, we better not play this song for Jay Schrader. Okay. This might bring up some bad memories for him. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. Numbchuck, please do ditch this like now, but definitely don't play. Got you. Come three o'clock. Ten four. <laughs> There you go. All right, today the quarterback Jay Schrader, the former Redskins Raiders quarterback, he is going to join us. He'll participate in our best bet segment as well, too. And last time I think Jay did that. Uh, you guys went head to head, Marco. You know, the Cleveland Browns, and he wanted to remind you about that as well, too. <laughs> Cleveland's been a nemesis to me, whether it's been going with or against. Uh, we had a few wins with them, but uh, just a few. All right. Well, uh, I might Not have, on my card today. I'm, I might have some brownie thoughts a little bit later on. So I'm talking about brownies as, as far as the, the bakery, you know, the, the, the baking goods. Are we going to talk food? Yeah, well, of course we'll talk food. Do you want to talk this food? This is the T.C. Martin Show. Of course we're talking food. <laughs> there it is. Go ahead. Fire away. Well, I've got a free meal coming, I believe. Yes, you do. You do. <laughs> From our best bet last week. Now, I'm glad that you brought that up as well, too, because here's the thing. I got, I got, so last week on the show. This is exactly how it went down here. No embellishing whatsoever. So we're giving our best bets. And we're talking about the Philadelphia-Chicago game. And Marco had given his uh, play first. And he's all over the Bears. Plus, I believe it was nine points, right? And then so comes time for my best bet. And I go, oh, all about Philadelphia, this and that. Boom, boom, boom. Handicap it perfectly. Don't worry about the Bears on the road. Doesn't matter. You know, Jalen Hurts. All this stuff, right? 
So Marco is r- r- is writing me a note while I'm doing my best bets, and I can't. It's worse than your your hand scratch, uh, uh, num- <laughs> Nubchuck. Nubchuck's always writing me notes in the studio, which you've seen before. Yep. I, I don't understand. And then I'm going like, you know what? What are you talking about? And Marco's food bet, <laughs> and I go, oh yeah, food bet, yeah, Bears Eagles, no problem. So of course. The game gets going on Sunday, and I, you know, there's a, there's a text actually for me immediately, like in the second quarter when the Bears like jumped out to a ten nothing lead or whatever. I said, okay, fine, you know, get ready and, and enjoy your your meal that is going to be on me. And then all of a sudden, here come the Eagles. The Eagles start doing their thing, and they're up by fifteen, whatever it is, at the end. I'm saying this is great, piece of cake. And what happens? Prevent defense on the last meaningless drive, and the Bears get a long touchdown that the Eagles could care less about because they still win. What they win by six? Yeah, that was win by six. There it is the moment the the, the gun sounds are probably after that <laughs> touchdown because I'm at the Raider game, right? Who do I get a text from? None other than the handicapper extraordinaire. And what your text say? I should go back. It said something about the handicapper extraordinaire wins again. Yeah, I'm it's hungry. Like, I'm hungry. You got so. a backdoor cover. <laughs> okay. And and I am gonna oblige. And yes, I'm gonna you know give you your meal. Yeah. Even offered it last yeah. night. And it, it, you're gonna get it. But that was a weak victory, my no. friend. Okay. First of all, let's start with the opening text when you said all right you got it in the first quarter that is what is recalled the reverse jinx text that's what you were trying to do there when you were losing okay every gambler knows that you know you you do the reverse oh yeah this one's a loser you know yeah i got final score sir final Final score score, that's what they pay on just like a horse race they don't pay at the top of the stretch it's at the finish line so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find uh your your text here because we text a lot don't we yeah yeah yeah. and even last night while i was doing some last minute christmas shopping did you like that i in the middle of the of this nike store i see a pit panther backpack and i go hey marco should i get you this and you quickly go no pass i thought you'd be all over that I i mean no um, yeah, he's texting me. Uh, like I'd get through the the New York uh, steak that he sent me last night. Well, that's because I got stuff. stood up. <laughs> I had to go get my and, own and meal course, last and, night. And of course, uh, yeah, well, that was another story in itself. But uh, <laughs> I, I did have a nice meal last night. Uh, oh, I'm sure it, you it, did. It, and we both ate at the same place. But you know, we we both had different company last night. <laughs> Just leave it at that. And, and oh, here's my here's my Pittsburgh uh, Steeler Franco Harris Airport uh, one from you. Yeah, there it is. Um, that's good. I got to go back here, but yeah. So going back to Sunday, and, and I and I love this because um, here's the text that I get. Damn, it's gonna suck to be you on Friday. The handicapper extraordinaire went four one and one last week and won a food bet. <laughs> Three and zero on the Bulls. You're wrong, my friend. You went five and one because remember the ties. We we give a win here. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we're charity. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, that's that's the the text I, that I get from Marco, and then he comes back and I said something about the, uh, you know. The back door. The back door. So I go. So I go. Nice back door, Jerry Falwell, because that 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 came from that and the, your Liberty pick as well. And what does Marco say? I got to give it to you. This is classic. Last time I looked, the back door pays the same. <laughs> it's true. It does. And we've all been the recipient of that, right? So there you go. Yes, you won the food bet last week, but you can't gloat on about, about that Bears bet. They got beat. A, a meaningless. Backdoor touchdown. That is part of it's the game. It's not like you, you picked the winner outright. Don't act okay. like you picked the winner outright, all right? 
That's fine. Let's check the records for the season. That's all you got to do. Wow. <laughs> you and Trevor manage. Uh, speaking of Trevor, you know, Trevor can't be with us today because he's on ESPN right now doing uh, you know, the half times and the pregames on, on ESPN. And while uh, I got here today, I saw his big mug on the on the big screens here at the Superbook, and I, I started to go take a picture and say, hey, you know, look who's here in the, the Superbook. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. But I was too slow. You know, next thing you know, they went to a progressive commercial. You know, there I got Flo instead. So I don't think he'd appreciate me sending a picture of Flo instead of him. So there you have it. I don't know. All right. Uh, today, Jay Schrader will join us. John Murray, the executive director of the uh, Superbook here at the Westgate. He joins us a little bit later on this hour. And then, of course, uh, Marco is here for the entire two hours like he is each and every Friday. Appreciate him for that. And then, of course, best bets coming your way uh, in our final segment around the 3.30 uh, PM hour. So uh, hang tight for that. Our three best NFL plays, and then of course our three best bowl games from tomorrow through Thursday. And we got to tell Gilby the intern <laughs> he gives us two plays for today, and he gives us a play in the Louisiana Houston game that's almost over. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, these guys. You know, David Norrie did that. I don't know if you remember David Norrie. He was a quarterback for UCLA, got drafted by the Jets, a good friend of Double B's. And uh, so uh, when we had him on, was it last year, uh, the Cosmopolitan, uh, David gave same type of thing. Gave us three college plays. Two of them were already finished. Yeah, and Double B lit him up like a Christmas tree. He said, what are you doing? Pass posting here? You can't do that. I mean, you guys got to look at the times, especially when I tell everybody, Saturday – through next Thursday, is it that hard? Well, we'll give him a pass because he's you know not doing. No, the he's going to give us two more. Okay, yeah, but, but uh, remember a couple of weeks ago, our man at ESPN that covers college football okay. <laughs> gave us one, and we rode him pretty hard that week. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you and uh, Trevor have been. Uh, uh, doing fantastic uh, so far with the best bets. All right, so uh, Scott Spritzer uh, may join us a little bit later on as well, too. And, of course, all the best bets up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Just click on the tab there at best bets, and you got everything up there. you got our Lincoln Kennedy interview, which was very, very good after we talked to Lincoln earlier in the week. Of course, Lincoln does the um, Ra- Raiders radio network, and was on that call of that freaky, crazy play uh, Sunday. And, again, being there was phenomenal. It didn't matter where you're at. But uh, imagine being in the sports book. We'll talk to John Murray about that when he visits with us in a few minutes here. But uh, just craziness what took place in that New England um, Raider game. And, of course, you know how ESPN always on Friday they do their not-so-bad um, you know, beat. Or not yeah. the bad beats, but the uh, – Not top ten? Not top ten. Yeah. Exactly. Not top ten. <laughs> Number one. Now, oh. remember when Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble and all that was right. about – that was like – Number one, like for like a year straight. Yeah. Can you imagine what that play is going to be? How long that's going to last at the number one spot? I just, I would have paid pay per view price <laughs> to be able to see when they got in the locker room, Belichick, what he had to say. I, th- that would have been priceless. I, I, that has to be the stupidest play that I've ever witnessed ever. I, I mean, how brain dead are you? You're, you only do that on the last play of the game if you're losing, okay? And how many times have we seen it cost cost somebody the point spread? But this one cost them the game. I, I just – you're going to overtime. You just 
go down. You're going to overtime. Uh, but it was, I can't imagine being there. I was at a bar, a sports bar, watching it when it happened. And, you know, the place just erupted, you know, obviously because there are all kinds of Raider fans yeah. there. But that is insane. And bells the Raiders out. That would have been another 17-point uh, lead blown. Yeah, we've been their fifth one of the year. And it probably took the Patriots out of playoff contention. That was a big swing. It was for the Patriots. A, it was a major swing. They are definitely on the outside. Could be a two-game swing, you know, for they them. Need to. They're going to need to win and get help mm-hmm. along the way. Same way with the Sunday night game. That was the biggest swing as far as you know how they put the playoff percentages yeah. of making it. With Washington losing that game, they swung, uh, you know, big time to being on the outside looking in, and they're going to need help. A lot of interesting games this week, and this is that time of the year where, you know, we're going to say it at nauseum. Oh, it's a must-win game, okay, in the public. And, you know, when we talk with John Murray, that's a great question is how much stock do they put in when they know that it this team is a absolute must-win? You know what the public's going to do. Do you factor something into the line knowing anticipation where the market's going to go? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and speaking of which, uh, that same sense from a betting perspective, uh, we talked before last week and we'll hit it again. Uh, this week about the bowl games, trying to find those games that have motivation for those teams. I thought there was none better than what we saw the other night with Air Force and Baylor. Oh, I, I was on them last night as a play. Yeah, it was the last. And, and again, I was on Air Force as well too. And you look at the motivation of Air Force, not just the motivation, but just the way that they are set up. Okay. Air Force doesn't have any opt-outs. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going for a ten-win season. They're playing in, believe it or not, some friendly confines. You know, of the Armed Forces Bowl in Dallas, where they played before. A lot of people say, "Oh, Baylor, right down the road." Baylor's playing on the, on the home turf of TCU, and they had no interest in this game whatsoever. Dave Aranda fires his defensive coordinator, so Dave Aranda has got to go back and and call defensive plays. And this, te- this team was never in the game whatsoever. They closed the season. Very disappointing, losing three games in a row, and you had the wrong team favored in this game. But people automatically think, well, Big 12 team against a a Mountain West Conference team, and it's Air Force. They're not going to be able to hang with the size and the speed of of, of Baylor. And throw that out the window. And that's exactly what I did. I know Scott had it. He gave it as part of his best bets on this last week, you know, because we go all the way through Thursday. And you could have got Air Force at plus six. You didn't need it. Just take Air Force on the money line, and they just obliterated Baylor for all of the reasons we talk about, and that's how you have to handicap these bowl games. You have to to, to dive in. Even if it's a matchup you might not be too familiar with, go ahead. Do your homework. Read about it. You might find out, hey, there's three or four opt-outs. Hey, there's a coaching change. The starting quarterbacks have opted for the portal, and I went that direction last week, and I'm going in again this week with best bets. One of the other angles that I used, which you know was a situation in this game as well, first of all, you know you're always going to get motivation with a military school. Mm-hmm. Okay, They're, Every game's the same for them. They bring the same intensity. The other part of it is Baylor, now you do get a break facing an option attack in the bowl game because you have longer to prepare for it. You know, it's so tough when you never see that and have to do it in season on a week. But we talk about motivation. Baylor was 6-6. Six and six. I usually like to look at teams that are 6-6 six and six because you have that mental motivation of we can have a winning season. But for Baylor, that's when you've been a 9-10 
win team. They were conference like, champions last year. And you're six and six. That's yeah. not gonna that's not gonna yeah. get a rise out of you. I'm right. sorry. There was you said the ten win for a program that doesn't get to that level, that is the milestone to get to the double digit wins. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And Baylor had you know what was gonna come at you. You were gonna face sixty to seventy rushing attempts. That's what it Air Force does. But last night, because they had a month to prepare, they had a few wrinkles. They had a few pass plays they in did. last night. They and did. they were so wide open. TC, I think you could have hit the guy. I, I think they, you're right. They were that open. There you go. I just, I, I, but I would love to, to just, just go ahead and, and, and fake to the fullback and do the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I used to do that as a kid. Like, hey, let's go on the back. Let's oh, do this. I like that. You know? Because you cool. didn't want to get hit. Exactly. <laughs> I can tell you, I played quarterback in high school. Uh-oh. I was on my you-know-what so much because we were horrible. Yeah, no, horrible. No O-line for you? No O-line. <laughs> no, no, no nothing, man. That's it. And what's funny about that is that the high school that I went to, now they're like a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse now. Now, now they, they're winning California state championships because, again, they were a smaller school, you know, when when I was going there. But now, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, Intel comes in and all these other big companies. All of a sudden now they've got enrollment of like 2,500, 3,000, and they're, they're a powerhouse and they're competing with, you know, the modern days and the De La Salle's of the world. So it's, it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, love, I love the Air Force game last night. And that was a game that I really wasn't worried about. No. You know? And uh, and those those are good feelings to have, and especially if you like join a game, you know, midway in it. And sure, it, it was it was nine nothing, but then it was nine seven. I think some people thought, like, okay, here comes Baylor, uh, and then I don't think Baylor scored again, uh, you know, until meaningless the end of the game. I mean, I mean, one of those meaningless touchdowns that you know all about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a two point conversion. <laughs> Thirty to fifteen, Air Force wins. You're still bitter, man. That's okay. When you get a backdoor, it's okay though. Like I said, we're, you know, the, like you said, the back door is always open. Oh, yeah. You know, John Fogarty and CCR. That's good. I like that. Love that song too. As a matter of fact, I, I sent you that song. Play you did, and I come, what I come back. Yeah, you, another one of the one the, door, of, the doors. The doors, back, exactly. Back door, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. That's what we do here. All right. So tomorrow we've got a quirky schedule with the NFL. Yeah. All right. So for those that are still not aware, and it took me a while. I had to do a double take a couple of days ago. I'm like what? I, Christmas Day games, I thought, okay, we're all good. But no, we only have three games on Sunday. So the NFL is treating tomorrow, Saturday, like a Sunday, where we've got eight games in the morning at 10 o'clock. And then you've got, you know, three afternoon games, Sunday night game. And then uh, then you got only three games on Sunday. And then we got one for Monday Night Football. So I'm not sure why they did that because you're still – you know, having three games on Sunday, I don't understand it, but I, I like it because now I have just, I've shut down everything else for Saturday and Sunday and I'm not moving. Okay. I'll have my direct TV. And by the way, I'm really bummed about the whole direct TV Sunday ticket yeah, thing so. going bye-bye now because YouTube purchases and we'll talk to, to John Murray. Actually, we talked to Jay Cornegay about that yesterday, but uh, yeah, so Saturday will be like an NFL Sunday with uh, with all that. So people need to realize that it's it's Sunday, even though it's Saturday tomorrow. It is, but it made the Sunday card like they do Thanksgiving. You've got one game for every time slot. But we've got so three bad games. You see that? I mean, Green Bay-Miami, okay, is going to be in the 10 o'clock slot on Sunday. Yeah. But did you see the 1 o'clock game and the 5 o'clock game? Do we want to even watch that? 
Tampa Bay, Arizona is going to be painful. Couldn't be any more painful than Jets offense last night. Let's give you the three standalone games for Sunday. All right, Green Bay, Miami at 10. Then you have the Broncos and the Rams at 1.30. Are you trying to tell me that at the beginning of the season, the NFL and the networks thought that this would actually be a good game? We knew Denver wasn't going to be any good. Well, no, if you go back, though, to I'm going to disagree with you there. There was hype coming into the season because Russell Wilson was going there. You had the defending Super Bowl champs who thought that the Rams were going to implode the way they did. I, I can see that one. Um, and then even Tampa Bay and Arizona. Did you think when the season started that Brady and company were going to struggle the way no, they No, I have? hear you. I hear you. And Arizona was a playoff team last year. But if you can flex out Sunday night games to Sunday day games or whatever, uh, and, and again, we knew that the Denver and, and the Rams and the Packers and even the Dolphins to a certain degree and Tampa Bay and Arizona were bad six weeks ago. Yeah, we knew that, right? You could have, you could have, could have changed that up, but you know, again, the schedule set and the schedule set. But it might backfire a little bit on the NFL because they love to own Christmas Day when they play. But remember, Christmas Day is the big NBA games, yeah. and they're going to have their quadruple header, and they're going to go head to head. They might lose out on some of the games. They will. Uh, there's no. Why would you want to watch? Denver Rams. Hmm. Okay, that's one that I have zero interest in. I can't make a you know case for either side right now. I'm, I'm neutral on that. The Tampa Arizona game. Arizona's it, that team looks like they quit. They did. Okay. Remember, I talked yeah. about that last week. About right yeah. after the bye, they quit. They were go against. They had last the, week. they had the Monday night game where you thought you might see a little bit of a spark. But three play what first series three plays into the game they lose Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and that was the end of the story and Kingsbury has to be a dead man walking how, how if he's back next year I, I just throw my and hands I up. never root for anyone to lose their job really but the bottom line is if you want to win in Arizona you have to get rid of him yep. you have to and again it, he was a bad hire in the beginning and again here we go with these. General managers or presidents, owners are thinking like, okay, this guy has got a high octane offense in college. Uh, that's going to, you know, transfer well into the pros. Really, how how often does that happen? Yeah. Really, I mean, look who are the upper echelon coaches in the NFL: Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. Uh, you know, what, what what do these guys have in common? They've been around the NFL right. for a very long time, a lifetime. And again, we heard that with Matt Rule. What did he do? Absolutely nothing. I mean, you go way back when, Nick Saban. I mean, flavor flavor of the, the right. month, the year, or whatever, flamed out. I mean, we see it time and time again. Steve Spurrier, if you want to go back in the day as well, too, right? Same thing. Washington, yep. Yeah. I mean, he was the same thing. It was like, it is, is Cliff Kingsbury. It's like, oh, yeah, here, here's this, this great offensive mind. No, it's just they play no defense in the Big 12 and at Texas Tech or whatever. So, no, I, I don't want the college you know, coach. I don't want to see him anymore. The college coach that had the most success, but it was the second time around, was Pete Carroll. Right. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, you know, he had the dynasty at USC. He was in the NFL before, didn't, you know, not not so good, but come back since Seattle. And again, until these last couple of weeks with Seattle, we've talked about, I think this year has been his best coaching job. Mm-hmm. With you looked at what that roster was at the beginning of the season, you lose, you know, the face of the franchise and, you know, Russell Wilson, whether he's on the decline or not, that was still the face of the franchise. And you're going with Geno Smith, and they were 
<clears throat> well into contention until the last couple weeks that they imploded. Yeah. Pete Carroll, and again, maybe probably, you know, right situation, right place for him. Uh, again, I always thought he, he was a decent head coach. And again, you know, he was coach of the Jets back in the day. They didn't work out okay. for him too well. But for the most part, yeah, it just it doesn't work. And we will continue, <laughs> you know, to see these coaches that are, that are doing well in college probably get the opportunity. But you would think after a while, you know. And again, for me, I don't know what's worse. That or, you know, hiring the quote-unquote hot offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and, and turn them into it. Now, a guy like Kyle Shanahan, it makes sense because we were talking about longevity. He, he's been around the game. You know, he's, he's, he's got his dad in his ear. He's got, you know, he, he came up around it. You know, I get that. You know, so that, you know, it's just like second-generation players are always good. I mean, you know, in all sports. So, it, it, you know, Patrick Mahomes being around, even though he didn't, uh, his dad was a baseball player. But again, you know, I always talk about Kobe Bryant. I mean, he was around the NBA with, with, with his dad, Jelly Bean. And I mean, you just, you see the second generation players or coaches because they really have a good beat and grip on it. And they do usually get that immediate respect as well, too, for the Actually, last name. When you talk about offensive coordinators that have you know, done well as a coordinator, but not good as a head coach. The one that is the poster child for that for me is North Turner. All those, you know, any place he was as an offensive coordinator, those teams did well. But when he got the head coaching job, he just couldn't. Romeo Cornell. There's another, <clears throat> another one, yeah. right? Guys like that. But, you know, when you look at guys like that, you wonder, okay, how much can they really motivate? Okay, they're probably good teachers, they're good maybe game managers, but you have to have someone that can motivate. And they think, hey, this is a professional team. You don't need that. No, no you do. You, you better find the right buttons, and you got to know how to relate to these guys. you got to be able to – I mean, look at Dan Campbell. Okay, Dan Campbell's probably had really no business being a head coach, but he had been around the game for a while, and he came in and just said, listen, guys, I'm going to be learning on, on the job like you guys. But I just want you to work hard. I'm going to motivate you. I'm going to give you every opportunity. And I'm going to be in your corner and I've got your back or whatever. It has worked slowly but surely for him in Detroit. And now you've got these guys playing for him. And believe it or not, the Lions could be a playoff team. They make the playoffs. He's coach of the year. Right? He's coach yeah. of the year. There's mm -hmm. no question about that. And when you think about and I'm trying to, in my head, I'm thinking of, okay, what coordinator really did have success? Bruce Arians. Yeah. You know, he was Steeler uh, offensive coordinator for yeah. all those years. Then he went to Indianapolis, and I forget the guy's name that, that fell sick. Uh, he took over for him that year, led right. them to the playoffs. Right. And then he went to Arizona, won at Arizona. I mean, didn't win, you know, big, but he, he turned Arizona into a competitive team. And then we saw what happened at Tampa Bay. So other than that, um, you know, I, I agree with you. It doesn't translate you know, the coordinators doing the good. I think you might might do better with the defensive coordinator having success. I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, you think of, you know, Tony Dungy uh, comes to mind and mm -hmm. was, you know, from the defensive side right. of the ball. Mike Tomlin from the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball. So, yeah. Chuck Pagano is who you're That's, yep, that's yep. it. Yep, remember that too. Okay. 
All right, uh, so when we come back, John Murray is going to join us, and we'll start talking about uh, week number 16 in the NFL, also hit on some college bowl games as well, our best bet segment coming next hour, so make sure you hang tight for that. We'll analyze it all for you and uh, continue to give you some winners for the weekend. We are live at the world-famous Superbook. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! The doctor is now in. Back on a football Friday, a festive holiday Friday as well, too. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, John Murray joins us, the executive director here of the world-famous Superbook inside the Westgate of Las Vegas. And don't you dare forget, uh, Sunday, International Theater, you got Football Central. Come watch all the games in the comfort of a beautiful theater there with the 4K video walls, everything at your disposal. And, of course, here at the Superbook as well, too. Uh, no better place to be for any of your football festivities. And it doesn't matter, football, basketball. World Cup has now passed us yep. on, but I, I know it was crazy here last Sunday as well, too, and we'll dive into all that with John Murray. But, yeah, get on out here to the Westgate, whether it's uh, for the sports or the food options, the entertainment options, uh, great stuff here at the Westgate. John Murray joins us, mm-hmm. and uh, there you go, John. Where's your ugly Christmas sweater? I got yelled at earlier today because uh, <laughs> I, I asked one of, the, one of the kids that worked for us was wearing a sweater. And I said, like, is this like ugly Christmas sweater day? She was like, no, this is not supposed to be an ugly Christmas. This is my Christmas sweater. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, that, that actually happened. So huh? i got to be careful. Okay. I can't just assume it's an ugly Christmas sweater. It might just be a sweater that I don't think is nice. There you go. So <laughs> i got to be careful with that. Okay. All right. There you go. What about you, Marco? What's uh, your closet? Your, your closet doesn't have any of that stuff, does it? I actually have one. I do have one. It's uh, it's a picture of Santa Claus and his reindeer, and he's <laughs> landed on an outhouse, and he says, I said the Schmidt house, not the... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that one right there, man. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I don't own one, I guess. I'll get one. Uh, Maybe I'll get one for next year. Okay, there you go. I've got my uh, Festivus uh, sweater uh, today, and uh, I only get a chance to wear this like once a year, so I, I thought I'd bust it out, you know, just for you guys today because I know that you could appreciate, it. especially John. I knew John would, you know, because John is Seinfeld, uh, curb your enthusiasm through and through. But uh, sure, would you, would you say, as far as Seinfeld episodes, would you say the best episode, or because I've got a couple, I'm sure you do too. Give me your top two or three. I love. I always love the Merv Griffin episode That's when good. Kramer builds the Merv Griffin set in his house. Yes, uh, that one always. I like that one a lot. Uh, let me think. There's so. I mean, there's so many of them. For me, the Chinese uh, restaurant. Chinese restaurant is a really good one. Yeah. And that was uh, early on too. Because yeah, that, that's very early. Yeah, on. yeah. I think it was like season two. Yeah. And the, and the thing about the if you watched Seinfeld back in those. Those early days, those guys would break character all the time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and Jerry actually did it all, all the way through. Sure. But, uh, yeah, but now, Seinfeld 4! I, I, I think the ones where they go to L.A. are funny. And Kramer's accused of being a murderer. That was okay. Oh, that was I, I, think that one, I, like, I like that one a lot. The really? Con, the contest is a classic. No question. Uh, no question. Obviously. You know whose uh, favorite episode of, of the contest was, right? That was Shaq's. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you ever saw, if you followed Curb oh, Your yeah, Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, I saw the Curb Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah when Larry tripped Shaq. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then Shaq said, how, how can I make this up to you? Shaq said, okay, I brought you like all of these Seinfeld episodes. He goes, you got every Seinfeld episode here. 
He goes, tell you what, you pop in the contest right now. We're forgiven. He goes, contest? You got it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and Larry, well, Larry wrote that one. Yeah. You know, that was one of the So you have a story he, about the Festivus. No, I, I, I was sent a story about it this yeah. morning. It was yeah. the guy that wrote that episode. He, I never knew the story, but the real Festivus was a lot darker than it is in Seinfeld. Mm. And it was like basically a traumatic childhood experience of a guy who ended up being one of the writers for Seinfeld. Wow. And his brother was telling some of the senior writers the story at a party, and then they ran and told Jerry, and Jerry thought it was hilarious and was like, we got to have this in the show. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good read. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that, definitely. But yeah. uh, what, a, what a great cast, uh, Seinfeld. Oh, so there you course. go. Festivus for the rest of us, Marco. There there, you go. Were you a big Seinfeld guy? I like Seinfeld. Yeah. Okay. That whole Thursday night, that, that was sure. great TV on oh, yeah. NBC sure. back yeah. then. Well, not the whole thing. Remember they would always like, because they knew they, they had a Seinfeld in there. ER, yeah. Yeah. So they would just wedge in some god-awful show <laughs> at 9.30. Yeah. Because they It'd knew. It'd be like rotating because it'd last like <laughs> yeah. one season, right? Because they knew everybody yeah. would be like, ah, what the hell? He, ER is going to be coming on soon. I'll just stick this out. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't all good, but certainly th those were great shows. All right. Festivus for the rest of us, Nunchuck. I got your message. I haven't celebrated Festivus in years. What is your interest? Well, just tell me everything, huh? Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. <laughs> but out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> there it is. A Festivus for the rest there of us, John. There it it's funny when it's Frank Costanza. Yes. Played by the legendary Jerry Stiller, uh, who anything he said was funny. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't sound like it was really funny with this guy's dad, right. who apparently was a raging alcoholic who beat his children. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, so we were talking earlier uh, about last Sunday, the, the Raider fiasco, and uh, actually the Patriot fiasco here. Mm -hmm. You guys had to have a great Sunday, because... You got the World Cup final. Yeah. You've got all that. My question is, uh, did you have any Argentine women taking off their tops and, and, and waving their messy jerseys over their uh, head? I don't believe so. I yeah. don't think we had that experience. Yeah. But we had, because we got that at, at, oh, the, at, at the, the match. match. You yeah, know I know I saw that. Yeah. But, you know, once Mbappe scored that goal to tie it at two, oh. I mean, this place was on edge. Yeah. It was, it was a crazy atmosphere in here because it – it looked like it was going to be a boring final. Mm -hmm. You know, Argentina was up 2-0. It looked like they were just going to cruise, win 2-0. Messi's the champ. I, I gave up on it at that yeah. point in time. And I had Argentina, yeah. and then I got in the car, and then I, I like about uh, 45 minutes later, 2-2, two, two, what? Well, they, <laughs> they, get the, they get the PK, and then right after that, Messi just, or I'm yeah. sorry, Mbappe just scores a phenomenal goal. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's two to two, and then from there it was just it was incredible TV. Fast forward about uh, eight hours later, yeah. when you got, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Patriots, and, and I'm going to steal uh, Scott Van Pelt's line because I love it. When they went pitchy pitchy woo woo, <laughs> when they went pitchy pitchy woo woo, like, are you kidding me? Well, everybody everybody was blaming the well, not everybody. A lot of people were blaming the Patriots coaching staff. <laughs> and I sat on another show. I was like, I don't agree with that. I would never, if I was the Patriots coaches. I would never think to be like, okay, guys, remember, it's tied. Yeah. Don't throw the ball 30 mm. yards behind you. Like, it's not a basketball game where the score changes all the Correct. time. Correct. Yeah. It's a football game. It's like, well, obviously it's tied. We're going to overtime. I don't know why they called a play. Why didn't they just take a knee? How about why did they call the timeout? 
Okay, yeah, so know. they ran the the, the, yeah. the the one draw play, and then they call a timeout with three seconds. Okay, we're we're at our own forty-five. Okay, so I'm thinking, okay, well it's hail mary time, right? Maybe or or Neil Diamond, take 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 your pick. Okay, another draw play. Maybe you know he'll bust one. Stevenson will bust one. But then again, there was like eight Raiders back around the goal line of the ten yard line. And then why he pitched it is beyond me. And then Jacoby Myers lost his mind. When I saw Myers do that, I mean, again, and I was in the stadium there, and I, 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 no, I couldn't believe it. I just thought, did he think it was 24-23? Did they Boy, think they he, were behind? That was the first must, thing that came to my mind. He must have thought that. <laughs> like like J.R. Smith didn't know the game was tied. There you the go. Finals, right? I mean, there you go. There's no way that he, I hope, huh. that he wouldn't throw the ball 30 yards behind himself mm-hmm. if he thought the game was tied. Uh, it was what was that reaction like in here? It was madness in here. I mean, we didn't we didn't have guys, as big of a we didn't have as big of a dollar. You guys needed the Patriots too, right? We did okay. Okay. We didn't have as big of a dollar to or we lost a little bit, I should say. Excuse me. Yeah. We didn't have nearly as much dollars on that game as we did the Argentina game. We got crushed mm-hmm. on that, or the Dallas game. Don't forget about the Dallas Jacksonville game that was wedged in the middle of these two endings. That was a crazy ending too. With Jacksonville scoring in overtime, that was good for us. So mm-hmm. there was just back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, just crazy endings. And then even the Sunday night game, I was gone by then, but that we had a lot of money on that game. The officiating at the end of that game was an abomination. <laughs> Two and, horrendous uh, calls. It was great for the book and me, <laughs> but uh, it was ridiculous. And I, I heard that there was uh, some complaining going on. So, <laughs> so it was a uh, crazy day. It really was. It was a crazy Sunday. All right, so now this Sunday is actually going to be a Saturday with this NFL quirky schedule where we've got eight 10 o'clock games on Saturday, and then the NFL is now putting just three standalone games on Sunday, and then, of course, we'll have the, the Monday Night Football game like we do. But uh, I, I think it still catches some people off guard that they are basically have a full slate of NFL games tomorrow when, you know, last couple of weeks we're used to three games and this, that. But no, tomorrow, Sunday is actually Saturday, but Saturday is going to look like a Sunday. Oh, no doubt. Saturday will be our big day for sure. Uh, some pretty good games. And, you know, when the, when the schedule came out, I thought Christmas Day was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Packers-Dolphins, that's great. Defending champion Rams against the Broncos with Russell Wilson, that's great. And the Cardinals and the Bucks, both in the playoffs last year. That's another great game. Turns out the games on Sunday suck. Let's be honest. (laughs) Denver Rams is one of the worst games of the year. Uh, The first game's okay. And the Monday night game's not going to be good either. The Chargers and Colts. The Monday Monday night games are always bad. We've had to look at Denver how many times this year? And the Colts how many times in prime time this year? Right. They were a standalone game last week when sure. they had the, the three yeah. games. Mm-hmm. It, that was a crazy one. That was so I wasn't here. I was at the Las Vegas Bowl. We were at the the Westgate as a, a box there. We bring some of our big players. So I was in the box with you know hosting some of these big players. No one is watching the Las Vegas Bowl. They're all in game betting the Vikings because you got the Superbook yeah. mobile app and you're at the stadium and they're all firing on the Vikings and we got the game on the TV there. Everybody's watching that. That was crazy. And then, really, the the best game of the week was that Miami Buffalo game. Yes, that was an awesome football yeah, game. No, we uh, talked about. Yeah. It. I mean, there were of all the morning games on Sunday, they were all one score games. 
Yep. Every one of the 10 o'clock games. What do I always tell two, you? Why, two, why watch until 1245? You're right. right. And so you had what? two overtime games during that slot. And then, of course, you had a Raider Patriot game that went overtime. But it's funny. So I was same situation you were in, except one difference. I was at the Las Vegas Bowl. Jay Schrader and I, we were, we were in a box. And we were with uh, some Oregon State alumni football players having a great time. And, sure. you know, bet Oregon State. Mm-hmm. So it, it, was, it was a glorious day. But, I, you know, I had the Vikings on the money line. Oh, my God. And, 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 and so, so Jay says, well, throw your ticket away when it was like 36 to 7. And then he says to me, he goes, well, it's, it's 36 to 21 now. And I go, how much time left? And I get on my phone. It's like 12.59 to go. And the guy go, they actually got a shot because we've seen this, you know, sure. Kirk has before. But here's the deal. I didn't have a remote controller, couldn't find it. We didn't have the game. We had the Las Vegas Bowl game on our TVs in the suite. If I, I should have come over to the Westgate suite, I, I wish I would have known where, where, where you were at. But they taking care of you and Jay. I know, no problem. And yeah. but you know, all the Oregon State guys, they're in the game's a blot. I mean, the Oregon State game. People, right? were, people were barely watching the game. I, I had to watch the, it on my phone. Even the even the Oregon State people were kind of like at the end, yeah. kind of barely watching. Yeah, it's just not a very good football game. No, it wasn't and a good day for Beavers fans, but yeah. not a good yes. football game. And not bad, not a good day for our friend Johnson Senti in the Las Vegas Bowl for the second year in a row. I mean, you know, thirty-two thousand last year for. Arizona and Wisconsin, and this year, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even see the official attendance. I don't even know if they released it because it was a lot less than 30,000. Well, you guys, we, we have to think that it's really going to hurt the bowl games, what's going on, yep. the transfer oh. portal, players not sitting out. I mean, Florida's got a star quarterback that didn't play in that game because he's getting ready for the draft. I don't understand why playing in the bowl game isn't part of a draft preparation. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I'm being sincere. I don't yeah. understand. Like, yeah. how could that not help you to go out there and light up a bowl game? Yeah. I don't get it. Just like, risk of injury. That's why they just say that. But risk then, of injury. Then that's why? It. Did, then why? And I'm not trying to be funny. No, I know. Why did you play in the last three games of the regular season? I'm with you. What's the difference? Yeah. You could just as e- he could just as easily get hurt in the Florida um, Florida Vanderbilt game, Florida Missouri game. Why did he play in that game? Florida, Florida State, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't understand. It's a, like basically by that logic, as soon as your team is eliminated from the national championship, you should stop playing and start getting ready for the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, we're going to have a, a quarterback that's entered the transfer portal, but he's playing with his team in the bowl game. You talking about Wake Forest and Sam Hartman, or? Um, because that, that's McCall, happening too. Grayson McCall. Yeah. Grayson McCall. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's another one. Exactly. All right. And now Drake May, apparently, they're saying he's going to be in the transfer portal. He could get some huge contract. Mm-hmm. It's not a contract, right? Right. This is not good for college football. No. <laughs> This is not this is not a good thing for college football. And like we said last week, who does Anthony Richardson think he is? I mean, <laughs> bypass it. Like, okay, good good luck with your draft no, status. No, no disrespect, but this is not Andrew Luck. Yeah, this is not Cam Newton. Right. This is not a guy that's a guarantee to go in the top three of the draft. Right. The Wisconsin quarterback. Yeah. Well, what, what's well? Yeah. What, well, well, he, what that guy's not even that guy's not even good. <laughs> exactly. So I, yeah. I don't. So I, don't I upgraded. He's Wisconsin. worse than Hornybrook was. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, just, I don't like it because I, I love yeah. betting on the Bulls. Yeah. Me too. I used to love it. It's probably my favorite time of year to bet. And now it's it's just you don't well, know what these teams are going to get. We you. talked about it uh, in the last segment, and you know we both had Air Force last night because 
you didn't have to worry about anybody opting out. It meant everything to them. A 10-win season and going to that game where they've already won the Commander-in-Chief trophy. But it's like that's a reward to go to that bowl game. They're playing a Baylor team that's 6-6 and that, again, fires their defensive coordinator, have guys opted out. They had no business even being in that game, and they got drilled. And, oh, and, and the wrong team was favored in that game. Oh, they definitely were. We yeah. did great on that game, though. We yeah. had, we took tons of money on Baylor. I can't really? believe it. I can't we, believe it. We, we absolutely, it's, like, I, I was I shocked. didn't know anybody that I talked to, yeah. sharp-wise, yeah. that wasn't on, I, on I was Air Force. I yeah. stunned by the volume we wrote on that game, I guess because it was by itself. Yep. There wasn't a whole lot yeah. going on yesterday. Yeah. Oh, well, there wasn't an NFL game, but uh, there wasn't a busy day. Yeah. And uh, we did we did awesome on that game. It was great. The other point that I put in there with Baylor when we were talking about was the situation that, they're six and six. We said no motivation. They didn't even get to leave the state. Right. For, you know, you go down yeah. the road. Yeah. How do you get excited? You know, for and you're something playing like in that? frigid weather conditions yeah. too. The fans aren't going to be pumped up. Right. I mean, the fans would at least want to go to like Florida or right. Holiday Bowl or something right. to go get out of like to get out of Texas. To your point. Yeah. John Murray joins us here at the Superbook. All right, John, let's talk about uh, probably the marquee game tomorrow and the weekend, and that is the Eagles and the Cowboys. And obviously with Jalen Hurts not playing with that injured shoulder, it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Uh, Talk a little bit about the line movement in this game. Did you guys uh, uh, make that adjustment when you got the news that Hurts was officially out, or did you just kind of let the play dictate it? Where's it at right now? We moved it up as soon as we saw that. We moved it up. We got up uh, like five and a half or six. It came down a little bit when there was rumors that Hurts might play. And then officially they said Minshew is starting. And then even after that, some we, we settled at five and a half, but some real sharp money came in on the Eagles. So I don't know if that's people thinking maybe that we overreacted a little bit too much. I don't want to take away anything from Hurts because I think he's had a great year, but he is in a very good system. He does have probably the best offensive line in the NFL in front of him, and he does have some great receivers around him. So I guess the thinking is Minshew will be okay. I don't disagree with that if that is the yeah. thinking. Minshew is an above-average backup. Oh, I agree. When you go down mm-hmm. the list of uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, I like him. I, I think the value is on Philadelphia. And everybody, you know, Dallas is solidified where they're at. They're not going to catch Philadelphia, okay? No. So, and they're not going to lose the top seed in the wild card. They get too big of a lead. So everybody's saying it's, you know, Dallas has everything to play for. They really don't, other than they got to get the ship righted heading into the playoffs. Dallas, yeah, is, the, Dallas is going to Tampa Bay. For a wild card game, yep. and it'll be the it'll be in prime time. It'll probably be the Sunday afternoon game, yep. right? Yep. And that's the game. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they'll be a pretty big favorite. And I don't know what's going to happen when the game starts, but right. that that's Dallas's fate. Mm-hmm. And I think they know that, so they don't want to get anybody hurt. You can buy into the rivalry that these two teams don't like each other, and I know that the media is trying to to, to go into that. And I do believe that both teams kind of feel that way. But, you know, Dallas, you can't feel real comfortable if you're a Cowboy player, a coach, or even, a, you know, in that fan base there. Because we kind of know that the inevitable is going to happen, that Dallas is going to flame out at some point in time. And it could be that game against Tampa Bay, or it could be the next week after that or whatever. But you can't feel real confident, uh, you know, if you're in Cowboy garb, or you're in that building. I mean, so you got to be where Philadelphia, and this kind of does seem like one of those magical seasons. I don't think Minshew is going to be that much of a drop-off. I love Hurts, as you guys know, but I don't think, and I think Philly's going to be ready to go. And if we go back to that 
uh, game they played in October, it was 26, what, 17, I believe it was, and yeah. Philly won that game. But that was Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush was awful, and he threw the three interceptions there. I think Philly feels like they've got Dallas's number. I think Philly's going to be pretty confident. And I think this is kind of a – the Dallas is feeling it's kind of a must-win game for them to kind of make a little statement here. I can see that, yeah. And, and the way the game has been betting hasn't really surprised – been bet, excuse me, hasn't really surprised me at all. And how, and how is that? On Philadelphia. All the guy, Philadelphia. The sharp yeah. guy's taking Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I didn't think anybody would be in a rush to lay five and a half yeah. or six with Dallas. I'll be honest. I grabbed Dallas minus the one and a half before everything happened, yeah. okay. knowing – I had gotten the information that that was coming, and uh, we did that. My intention was, I'm going to come back the other yeah, way. Sure. Double, no, we, 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 you're always going to get that. Mm-hmm. But we don't. I don't consider that like sharp play. I mean, that's smart play. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the sharp players think that's the side. They just are setting up their position. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got to quantify that a little bit. It's a bit of a difference. Other NFL games that you're getting some action on? A lot of action on the, uh, the Pittsburgh Raider game, which is Saturday night. Some really sharp guys, both sides of that game. That that number keeps swinging back and forth a little bit. What's your take uh, on that game? I have no idea. I, I've been trying to get a good read on that game, and every time I think I do, uh, the betting surprises me. Let's say I, I can't I can't get a good feel for that game. I know some really sharp guys that like Pittsburgh, and I know I've seen some really sharp customers here bet the Raiders, bet the Raiders on the money line. I mean, the look ahead line in this game was more like Raiders favored. Is this an overreaction? I think the Steelers are a lot better with Kenny Pickett playing mm-hmm. because their other options are guys that shouldn't be playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't really know what to do with that game. What about you, Marco? I'll be totally honest with you. You know I do a show on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I prep for it Tuesday night. My play, I sent it in so the graphics team could do it. Yeah. I sent the Raiders in on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. I wake up Wednesday morning mm-hmm. to the news of Franco Harris, and yeah. I just – that throws such a wrench into the thing because they had the celebration planned. They were retiring his number mm-hmm. on Saturday. It is the primetime game because of the 50th anniversary. And I go back to remember last year, the Steelers weren't good at the end of the season. No. Roethlisberger's last home game, it was magical mm-hmm. at Heinz Field, Heinz Field at the time yeah. last year. What's it called now? Uh, Assure. Assure. Yeah, they, they lost the insurance. I just call it Heinz Field. It's, it'll right. always be Heinz Field. Yeah, right. And it's driving the new, uh, you know, the okay. new, you pay all that money for the signage and everything right. and the naming rates, and everybody's still calling it, you know, Heinz Okay, so, I didn't even know that. So yeah. 72 hours later, you feel in the same way or differently? Maybe part of, you know, and I said it on the show, I said, you guys can never call me a homer because I go against mm-hmm. the Steelers as much as I do. Yeah. This might be the one time that I make a homer play. Yeah. Because it, it is going to be, it sucks that it's Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. so I don't know if they'd get the same type of crowd that they would have got if, say, this was just, you know, a regular Sunday. I think Sunday. they do. In that market, in, in that fan base, I think they do. Because it, it's no different than Green Bay. It doesn't matter, you know, because I've been, you know, in Lambeau Field on Christmas Day games, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve games. It doesn't matter if it's that January, uh, September. It's the same people that are going to be there. They're going to show out. In Frank- especially now with Franco. Yeah. Franco was one of those, you know, you always have legends of sports guys, mm-hmm. but he stayed in Pittsburgh. You know, he's right. to this day. You know, he was he was in Pittsburgh swiftly, and he turned the franchise around. That one play 
They never won a playoff game until yeah. that game. And then the next six years, they win four Super Bowls. They just retired his number this year? Yep. So there's I only been three. There's a, two. Oh, okay. Two. He's going to be number three. Yeah. So exactly. they're not like the Yankees that retire no. every number. No. And I don't know what has taken them so long. And now Pittsburgh has like six guys that like unofficially retired, like Bradshaw and, and Ham and L.C. Greenwood and people like that. But what's it? It's Stotner and um, and and uh, again, when, uh, not not Ham, uh, not Lambert, Joe but Green. Uh, Joe Green. Thank you. Yeah. Those are the only two Steelers. Right? Yeah, the only two. Oh. Like, what what's taking you so that. long? Think about the four years, sixty-nine to seventy-two. Joe Green in sixty-nine, mm-hmm. Terry Bradshaw, Jack Ham. And then Franco in 72. Yeah. You talk about four draft picks that you, that changed, you know, you hit home runs with right. all four of them. Now, when Pittsburgh, like, unofficially retires a number, that means it's, it's kind of, like, taken out of the, I guess, the rotation yeah. so no one can wear it. But it, it, isn't that yeah. the same thing? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's, it's crazy. Then, like, the, the Redskins, uh, no one would wear 21. Yeah. But I believe it, I don't believe it's actually retired. Retired, no, yeah. But no player would ever wear right, it because of the death situation, yeah. right? Exactly. You've flown into Pittsburgh Airport, right? I've been to Pittsburgh. Oh, the airport, yeah, yeah. like twice, but like twice. The Franco Harris, uh, yeah, statue, sure. statue there. Yeah. I love Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh is a great city, and I, I agree with you. I think that TCA. I think that those Steelers fans will be there. I don't think they're going to care. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah. They're yeah. going to go to that Yeah, game. and I think they're, they're, they're going to be raucous with that, I think. All right, uh, get on over here to the Westgate to check out all the action. Remember, full slate of games coming your way tomorrow on the NFL side, three on Sunday, and then the Monday night football game uh, as well, too. John, appreciate it as always, my friend. Thanks, gentlemen. Merry Christmas to you both. All right. What do you got? What do you got planned? What is on the, the, oh, the what's wor- on the Murray table there? For- oh, I'm working them all. That's it. Kidding me? Uh, right. So you're going to have a big spread in the back there. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get the guys a spread. I'm gonna have them fend for themselves. <laughs> I think. No, no, we'll get them a spread. I'm not gonna be here Sunday. Okay. Uh, I got my mom coming in. I won't be here Sunday, but I'll be here tomorrow. So come on down and say hi. There it is. I don't expect it to be too crazy, but the next week. We'll get back to normal. Right. Uh, New Year's Day is a full NFL card. Yes. And then January 2nd, you've got some really big college bowl games. We do. And you've got the Bills-Bengals game on Monday night. Yeah. So Monday, January 2nd is a great day. Yeah. Next week will be uh, popping. No question about it. All right. John, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays uh, to you and the family and everybody else here, of course, at the Westgate. Thank you. All right. We come back. Jay Schrader in the house, the quarterback. We're going to handicap some games. He's going to give us some better. Best bets. I bet he gives us more best food bets than he does football <laughs> bets. We'll see. The quarterback in the house, TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo, live from the world famous Superhook, the Westgate Las Vegas. Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham spike for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. 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 Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. It's the doctor. Miraculous! TC Martin. It's Murray Magic! The doctor is now in. 
Welcome back here, hour number two on a football Friday, a festivist Friday, or a festive Friday. What is this? You like my, my ugly Christmas sweater? It is definitely ugly. <laughs> you want to go ahead and, and describe it to the to no, our listeners? It's undescribable. Some okay. type I of, got this as a gift. Yeah, well, good thing, because you should not be wearing it. I'm going to take it off and let you wear it. No. no. <laughs> it's my festivist yes. sweat, sweater. Yes. You like it? No. Do you understand it's no. a Seinfeld reference? Yes, I understand it's yeah. a Seinfeld reference, but it's still ugly. And when you, you know, when you're 120 pounds soaking wet, <laughs> it, nothing, it looks good. Hey, 174. Get 174. Right. Yeah, in your dreams. No, okay, that's, that's legit. Yeah. I, got, I got a leg that weighs that much. Yeah. <laughs> It's all in the lower body. Yeah, you know? sure. Strong sure. strong legs. Sure. There it is. Sure. Jay Schrader. That's the voice you hear. The insulting <laughs> voice of Jay Schrader. It's so nice to have you here. Jeez. <laughs> you couldn't be without me. You know, when, it's, when it's, it's a Friday without me, you don't know what to do. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Again. By the way, my sister says hello, and she says, how about those Vikings? How about those Vikings? <laughs> how does Indianapolis, in back-to-back games, give up 55 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm not sure how any team does that, but I'm, I have a really good idea that there's been a lot of sleepless nights for Jeff Saturday. Like, what did I do? I was, you know, I could be in the studio in Bristol and just, you know, talking about this instead I'm living it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to give up that many points in the, in the NFL you know, is ridiculous, although we've mm. seen the Raiders do it for, mm. you know, five weeks now mm-hmm. you know give up all those points so uh it's it's crazy i don't know what's going on with the nfl this year but a lot of crazy things have happened like we said in those games last sunday the morning session all one score games right. two overtime games and of course the raider patriot game that goes overtime just phenomenal okay yeah. give me give me your viewpoint vantage point where you were sunday as that whole debacle unfolded well, I was trying to enjoy a family Christmas in California. That's right. You were it gone. Was, I was gone. Because you left yeah. on Saturday. You're I right. Was, I was gone, and my brother had the red channel on, uh. um, and we're watching all the ga- you know, all the scores and everything else, and, and then we flipped it over to the Raider game, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Another lead that they've blown <laughs> coming up, and then to watch that debacle of the last play, you know, of the Patriots throwing it around, go to overtime, you know. You obviously have the momentum. You've scored all the points yeah. in the second half. You know, to do that, it was just a mess. You, you would think that guys that play in the NFL would have more of a clue than that, but uh-huh. obviously it still happens. Now, I know Mac Jones is a young quarterback. He's only second year. and But you're in that in that huddle as a quarterback. Is anything said? What what, what is called? Is it okay? Just a draw play call? Okay, that's it. Let's get ready well, for overtime. I mean, you've been in situations well, yeah, like this. What, you're what? you're in that situation. You're like, hey, we're going to go draw. We're going to play for overtime. Everybody knows it. Okay, so protect the football. Don't do anything stupid, right? You you obviously know with the draw call, you're playing for overtime. So run it out, protect the football. Don't start chucking it around and throwing it back 15 yards. <laughs> you know, we're we're nobody other than your quarterback. And it is. starts with Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. The right, it's like okay, what what are you gaining? What are you and, and, okay, and then he throws it to to Myers, and you know, okay, it was yeah. it was close, that sort of thing. But then Myers just goes full fledged mind lost, right? And then you see where he, like, he sprinted backwards, backwards or sideways, and then, and then, and then backwards, it. and they're like, oh, there's Mac, there's my quarterback. What? Yeah. Why would you even want to give the ball back yeah. to him? Well, I mean, it's, it's just, just a, it just goes to show you, you know. You, 
you got a young running back. He breaks free for 10 or 12 yards. You have to understand the situation. They're going to let you run. Yeah. Okay, because if you, if you look at the replay, the Raiders had eight guys yes. back. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, you, can, you can run for 10, 12 yards because we're doing the same thing. We're going to play for overtime uh, and all that. You know, and he's like, oh, hey, maybe we got a chance. No, you don't. You know, don't. Don't be throwing it around. That's a young so. running back's m- mistake right there. And yeah. then, you know, Myers c- compounds it. And then if you're Bill Belichick, what do you think that uh, locker room was like with Belichick afterwards? Um, it wasn't fun. I know that. Um, I'm sure there was a few yeah, words yeah, said. Was about, like, uh, like, yes, or it was like, what the <laughs> hell was that? Because well, you never I mean, see Belichick raise the voice in well, public. Well, no, you but you, you knew it was going to be good because if you watched at the end of the game when Belichick came to see McDaniels, yeah. did you see that handshake? Yeah. <laughs> Belichick, that was, was, he was already red in the yes. face. Yeah. And that was wasn't like, like, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It was like, hey, you know, you know. I mean, he was already red in the wasn't face. Was it congratulations? No, it was, <laughs> it was not congratulations. So uh, Bill had a few minutes to, you know, really build that up. So I'm sure it was a good one. All right. So the Raiders get ready to go back to Pittsburgh uh, again. The NFL knew what they were doing about scheduling this game, huh? Just basically one day. To, you know, yeah. later, 50 years, almost to the date uh, for the immaculate reception. And then, uh, uh, of course, unfortunately, we get the news Tuesday morning that Franco uh, Harris uh, passes away. I shared some personal stories on Tuesday about Franco. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Do you get a chance to, to, to meet him? And again, uh, some thoughts about Franco Harris. You know, I, I did meet Franco mm-hmm. on a number of occasions Uh perfect gentleman. Um, Tuesday at about 11 o'clock, I get a text message uh, from a friend of mine with a copy text message. He had just texted Franco the night before. Wow. You know, and uh, you just, you just like, how is that possible? And all that. Uh, I will tell you the first time that I met Franco, I was working at the Westlake Village Inn. Uh, I was stocking the bar for my sister Mm -hmm. and the Steelers were staying there for the, for the playoff game. Oh, wow. So they were in town staying there for the playoff game. And that was the first time, you know, and I I was a baseball kid at the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, had no idea a few years later, you know, you'd be in the same league that yeah. uh, that guy was in. But uh, just a, a class gentleman all the time. Total class gentleman. And like I talked about on Tuesday, uh, our conversations were, were more outside of football. Yeah. And uh, this he very rarely wanted to talk about football. Exactly. Exactly. He wanted, he wanted to ask yeah. you how, how life was yeah. going, what you were into and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was much more about you as an individual right. than you as the football player. So, so Franco, and I, I told the story on, on Tuesday, and a lot of old-time listeners might remember this because this is going back to 1993. Franco and I were on a game show together, and they, it was called the Dream League. I don't know if you remember, ESPN produced it for three years, and the first season they did it was here at Caesars Palace. And it was, you know, they came down to the station, and they said, hey, we're, we're doing a pilot for this, this new ESPN game show. It was hosted by John Neighbors. Uh, you remember the former swimmer, yeah. sort of thing. And they put a lot of money into it, and they had that, the back pavilion area there at Caesars and it was like okay can you come up with uh, you know a couple people bring them on down and then we're going to pair you with a a celebrity and then you're going to go head to head and then you're going to compete and all this other kind of stuff it was a really cool game show because we did the sports trivia which was right up my alley so uh, I got my producer I said, hey, you want to go on to do this? Because I know you're, you're pretty much into you know a lot of sports trivia. He goes, yeah, absolutely. And then I called a buddy of mine in Sacramento who's a big trivia guy. We used to get in contests all the time. I said, fly down tomorrow. We're going to go to the Caesars to do this. So we go in there, and uh, the first guy that they pair us up with for the pilot was Michael Cooper. 
Okay. The, the you know the former yeah, Laker, clear, clear. and you know Coop didn't know nothing about nothing. And I, so <laughs> so I, I just basically said, Coop, they don't hit, play defense. I said, you play I, D. Yeah, I said, Coop, don't hit your buzzer. I said, <laughs> I, I said, I got this. And then so we rolled through the pilot, and that ended up being the first episode. This and that, and then we switched up. Guess who our next team captain is? Franco. Yeah. And then Franco goes, man, I just got done watching you with Coop and this that. He goes, I ain't saying a word, man. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I'm just letting you do it. And he was like all giddy and gay. And he goes, and he was like having so much fun. And because yeah. again, this is like out of his element. And so right. we're doing this thing. So it comes down to after you, when you get to the bonus round, you have to get on the field. So they have like a putting green, or like a chipping green. And you have to like chip it on to closest within 10 feet of the pin and you have 45 seconds and you got to do these three things. Yeah. You got to throw a football and you've got to like, you know, hit this, this dummy from about 15 yards out. And then you got to hit a softball over the fence, which is like 150 feet or whatever, yeah. you know? And I, so it's like, okay, we got to decide who's going to do what. And I go, Franco, what, you know, what do you want to do? He goes, Give me the rock, man. He goes, I can make a... Oh, he had to do is shoot a free throw. That yeah. was the other thing. Yeah. He goes, give me the rock. He goes, I, I can nail the free throw. I said, okay. And you had 45 seconds to complete these four tasks. Yeah. So then I got, okay, so I'm left-handed in the... And the, the right field fence was like, you know, 100 feet or whatever. Yeah. And if you go to left field, it was like a little bit longer. I said, okay, I'll do the softball. I get my other buddy to do the, the chipping. And then my other buddy, who's my producer, ended up being a sports book director here in town. He did the football thing. And you had to do all this stuff. So Franco starts us off with, with the free throw. Okay. And the clock's ticking, right? One for one, nothing but net. Yeah. Bingo. And he's like <laughs> jumping up and down, like <laughs> high five. And he's yeah, like, well, Franco can shoot the rock. <laughs> and he had like, you know, it was like, you know how just Shaq shoot, yeah, just, shoots his like fingertips yeah. at Shaq's line drive? Yeah. Franco had the perfect arc, but it was like his hands were so big yeah. that it was like all fingertips. So he hit it, and the next guy hit, you know, he chips it on the green, another guy. Hits it, you know, and Franco's with us, like jumping up and down. It's like, okay, now it's on me to to hit the ball, and we got, you know, it's like a slow pitch softball. Yeah. And then this former USA pitcher is 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 pitching to me, jack it out. We win the grand prize. Franco's jumping up and down, this and that. And then so we get to you know come back and return, and uh, it was cool because they would dress us up in in jerseys. So of course we're in Steelers jerseys yeah. with Franco, and. Um, and then, so that became, we start, struck up a friendship with that. But in between episodes and takes, we would spend all this time just, just talking about like, and he wanted to know more about, hey man, you know, yeah. you know, what do you do? And this and that, what's your family like and all this stuff. And then when he would come back to Vegas, you know, periodically, mm -hmm. then, you know, we just, we had this friendship and I had him on the show and it was so ironic that I was telling Numchuck like on Monday. I said, you know, we're coming up with this anniversary. I said, I'm, I'm going to try to reach out to Franco maybe yeah. and get them on and, and get them on. And then the next day, this right. news happens and just so sad, especially when somebody that, you know, that, that you know and you get a chance to spend some time with. Well, and I think that's the, the thing where this one hit hard because everybody knew him as the man, you know, as what he did off the field mm -hmm, was probably right. more impacting than what he ever did on the field. And right. on the field was phenomenal. He stayed he, his, whole, his whole life in Pittsburgh. Right. He still does endorsements, charity work. Right. You know, and when people describe him, the adjective you, you hear the most is he was humble. Right. He, you know, he changed Pittsburgh sports no with question. that with that play and the guy you know he was never like you said TC he would never talk down to anybody he wanted you know he mm -hmm. made you feel more important than right. he was exactly and you know the bottom line you know 
is it a catch? Is it not a catch? Yeah. Nobody ever knows. The camera never caught it. Yeah. You know, but, and, the thing, uh, and and he would uh, stay stoic with that. Is like all the time. It's just like, well, hey, you know, what do you think it was? And he could have been one of those guys that pounds his chest. Well, of course it was because we've seen guys right. like that. Yeah. You know, right? But Frenchy Fuqua will never say. There you right. go. He, he will never say. say right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. And Franco was the same way. Hey. I ran into the end zone. Yep. <laughs> and here's what it sounded like on December the 23rd, 1972. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. And he's over. Here's the miracle of all miracles. From out of nowhere came Franco Harris riding a there white stallion, so we're heading all up Franco's to, Italian army to remember and the galloping play. off yeah. into the sunset. Right. What do you remember, and where were you at, and and, and when you look back at the replays? Well, I was, I was watching the game because growing up, I was a, a Burt Jones, Terry Bradshaw fan. Yeah. Uh, those were the guys that I watched and everything else, and, you know, Later on in life, I got to meet all the guys that were involved, Jack Tatum and, you know, all the guys that played in that. And, uh, you know, Jack's like, it's not a catch. I said, how do you know? You never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, you were too busy, you were too busy laying somebody out. Right. So, uh, you know, but uh, we'll never know. But it goes down. It's one of the greatest plays in NFL history, uh, you know, to change the course of events and everything else for the Steelers. Marco, you're a Pittsburgh guy, a Pittsburgh kid at the time. That just had to resonate with you I, so big time. I was 11 years old, sitting on my living room floor, listening on the radio. I was listening on the radio that day, and it just, it's eerie. It, it's, when I got the news on Tuesday and all of this planned on Saturday, and you asked me, you know, if I wanted to come on that day, and I, you had stuff going on in it. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it yet. Yeah. It was because that one play, as you said, it changed history for Pittsburgh. It did. They had never won a playoff game. Actually, the Steelers, as good as this franchise has become, they they were a laughing stock. I mean, they Correct. were they, they yeah. were bad. Yeah. And as I said earlier in the show, it started with that first draft pick in '69 with Joe Green. You go Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, yeah. Jack Ham, and Franco four consecutive years, and then in the next six years, you win four Super Bowls. I mean, growing up as a kid, I thought that's just the way it was. <laughs> okay, you know, every year I was getting a new uh, championship, yeah. you know, T-shirt and that, and yeah, and then, they rea- were, and then reality set in. Yeah, huh? <laughs> and from a football perspective, that was the first time that we started hearing the term dynasty. Yeah, you know, and remember those those you know great matchup Super Bowls with them and the Cowboys was something special. You know, we had dynasty with the Celtics and the NBA and that sort of thing. But that was, you know, for me, you know, as a kid, it was like, uh, this is, okay, that's what dynasty is. Yeah, those those dynamite Steeler teams. Right. I mean, and, they, and at that point in time, you're right, because nobody had really done that until they were referred to as the Packers, you know, because the Packers right. were that way when
when they started, Correct. right? Right. Hey, is this team going to take over for the Packers dynasty? Correct. Yeah. Uh, and all that. So uh, it did change Pittsburgh, and you know. What a phenomenal tradition. And, you know, look at it. Rocky Blyer, Franco Harris, Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, Stallworth, mm-hmm. Joe Green. I mean, the names are, are phenomenal. Yep. And, uh, you know. Franco's Italian Army. That, yes. that was the, you know. You, it, you it, can it, still it, see the banner. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, yeah. was, it was a great time for Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, he's going to be he's gonna be missed. Yeah. Uh, Franco will be missed. So tomorrow will be uh, an emotional night there in Pittsburgh. 5.15 our time, 8.15 back there. It's going to be cold, too, about 8 degrees, what we're hearing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the, the Steelers had already planned to honor Franco and retire his jersey. And we talked about this last hour. It's like, you know, the Steelers only have two retired jerseys. And yeah. they got, like, unofficial retirees. And then it's just too bad that now Franco just won't days apart won't be there to, yeah. to be present, you know, for that. But he will be in spirit. I got to believe, and again, Marco, yeah. you know that you know that city and that franchise and that stadium very, very well. It's like that's got to be so emotional tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, when you start looking at the game itself, Jay, considering especially the Raiders season where they're at, what the Raiders came off of last week, they're going to be coming into a, a buzzsaw tomorrow night. Even though that you know Pittsburgh hasn't had a great season, right. but how much of the emotion is going to play into this on the on the black and gold side? Well, I think you you've got you've got a snowball of effects for the Raiders happening here that uh, I think is is not a good thing. Yeah. Number one, you got to travel all the way across the East Coast. Okay, play on the East Coast. You got the West Coast team going to play on an East Coast game. Number two, you got weather. It's going to be cold. Okay, there's no question about it. You got an indoor team going to play outdoors, and then you throw the Franco team thing on top of it. It's a tough situation for the Raiders. Go in. I think I think Pittsburgh's going to be ready to play and uh, you know show them what is what the city all means. Mm-hmm. From an emotional side, Marco, speak on that, and then let's let's factor in. You know, with the quarterback situation, we know that's been in flux. It's been a question mark. Kenny Pickett now is going to come back. Is he the best option? Probably so. I guess even though Trubisky was okay last week, but what do you think? Well, I talked earlier, compared it to last year's Monday night football game at the end of the season when they were retiring, or when Ben Roethlisberger's last home game. That was super emotional. I happened to be at the game when... Terry Bradshaw came back to Pittsburgh for the first time. Remember, there was a disconnect right. w- with Terry, and he had not been to Pittsburgh. for. They had him back on a Monday night game. And the, it's just football in Pittsburgh. You know, I tell people about it. You know, you, you literally bleed black and gold. You really do. I mean, it's the first time I took, you know, Lori back. To Pittsburgh. She couldn't believe, you know, all the signs, people, you know, flags in her windows and stuff, how much they love football in Pittsburgh. And it's been a hotbed not just the Steelers. Western Pennsylvania. Look at the number of quarterbacks that have come out of Western Pennsylvania. It was a hotbed in the 70s, 80s, all those quarterbacks. Hmm. It's going to be something else uh, tomorrow night. Who are you picking? Uh, Or is this on part of your best bets? This is not part of my stayed away from this (laughs) uh, on on my best bets because of all the factors going in there. Um, I I think it's going to be a tough spot for the Raiders to go in. Mm -hmm. I really do. After coming off last week, uh, you know, their their defense still hasn't. Mm Played up to to par. Offense is, I think, is going to struggle in the cold weather. Um, So you know, it's going to be a tough grind. And I, you know, Pittsburgh's a tough place to play. We know that in that field. Looking forward to it uh, tomorrow night. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about some of the other games happening tomorrow. 
uh, with Philadelphia and Dallas. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is not going to play for Philly. You've got Gardner Minshew. Um, you've got uh, Dallas, uh, the favorite here. But I don't know about you guys. I'm still just not sold on this Dallas Cowboy team. <laughs> we know it's inevitable, right, Jay? It's, right. it's a matter of time before whether it's they get to, you know, they're going to yeah. be in the playoffs, whether it's week one of the playoffs, week two of the playoffs, whatever it is, they're going to flame out at some <laughs> point in time. And, you know, Philly already beat them once this year. Right. Granted, Dak Prescott did not play Cooper rushed through three interceptions Hertz had a fantastic game but Gardner Minshew all right came out of Washington State filled in for Jalen Hurts a, a game last year where actually yeah. did pretty good he is a decent quarterback let's remember that and yeah. he was a starter for a while in this league right what are your what are your thoughts about Minshew filling in for Hertz? Well, I think you're going to see you're going to see what Philadelphia does best, and that's run the football. Let's not let's mm-hmm. let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. They're they're a running team, uh, and with Gardner, you're going to see a bunch of rollouts. Yeah. You're going to eliminate half the field for him. You're going to tell him to read one to two, and then you know either run it or throw it out of bounds. Um, and I think by doing that, they're going to keep the Dallas offense off the field, and I think they'll keep them you know off balance. Now the question is, you know, in my mind, I. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game uh, on either side. Uh, the question is, can can Gardner miss you not lose the game? That's that's going to be the point. If he doesn't lose the game, Philly, it's going to be a tough game. Another intangible there. This is emotional week for Gardner Minshew too. Yeah, he went to Mike Leach's funeral. Right. He spoke at in. He said he that owes was a former he, coach. At Washington he State, owes right? where he is today. He only had six months. You know, the yeah. one year with Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. But he sure. said he turned my. You know, everything yeah. I have is. It's true because the year that he had at Wazoo, in that system, right? Yeah, yeah, no question about it. And you know, we talked about Franco and 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 Coach Leach. You know, the greatest story that, you know, with all the fun stories that Mike Leach had and everything else, the greatest story is is picking the kicker up off of the, you know, the halftime contest. You know. (laughs) I mean, and the guy becomes his kicker and doesn't miss a PAT, right? Right? You know, and I'm like, you know, if you ever want to describe Mike Leach as a human being, that's it right yeah, there. That's great. He, that, he's the guy that's going to go out, take chances, you know, because he likes to do things his way. Uh, and he was very successful. And you're right. Every player that I ever talked to loved playing for Mike Pete mm, Leach. Wow. It was amazing. Mm. You know, he was just one of those guys and, you know, I look at Mike Leach, I look at Andy Reid, those type guys. If you get coached by those guys, you're very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the Patriots. How are they going to respond? They're back home now. But again, in a game that they felt they had, they needed to win for their playoff chances. Now that takes a hit. I mean, it's hard to gauge, isn't it, how they're going to respond? Because again, this was, we're talking about one of the biggest bonehead plays in the history of the NFL. And now you're playing a red hot Cincinnati Bengal team who's coming in here. How do- how do you look at that game? Well, you know, with, with all that, that that's not even the most concerning point mm. with, with the New England with me. It's the offense, getting the plays called, getting them into, you know, the MAC to be able to to change plays, to do things. I have never seen a quarterback so frustrated in having his hands tied, you know, being able to do things at the line of scrimmage. And that's and that comes from the coaching. There'll be so, there'll obviously be some changes. Belichick will not stand for that. Um, but 
it's not going to be fixed before this week. And that's the thing that's concerning. I mean, you see, you see Mac Jones got on the line of scrimmage, look up, and he's like, dude, we got to snap the ball. You know, there's yeah. nothing we can do about it, you know. And he goes, I come from Alabama. We never had these problems in Alabama, right? Right, you know, and, uh, you know, he's probably kicking himself like, where, where in the heck is, you know, has it gone? And yeah. uh, How does a team go without an offensive coordinator? And, yeah. and they make a defensive coordinator the offensive coordinator. Oh, you play you you, you do the play call, and we're talking well, about Matt Patricia. It, you know, it really doesn't work. And and I can go from personal experience when when Mike Shanahan got fired at the Raiders, uh, we went to New York, played the Jets on Monday night. Art Shell was the head coach. Uh, Terry Robisky was the run game coordinator. Okay, and and uh, Tom Walsh was the passing game coordinator. Well, at the end of the first quarter, I burned all three timeouts. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, guys, somebody's got to make a decision on, you know, what play is actually. How frustrated were you? Oh, that was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I'm out there. And, yeah, and of course, you know, you're as a quarterback, you're taking the brunt. What do you yes. mean you can't get the play? What yep. do you mean you can't? And yep. you're just like, oh my gosh, you know. And uh, you know, it was funny. I can, I tell people all the time. Where was after my third time out? I didn't even go all the way to the sidelines. I stopped at the number. I said, Art, come here. And he's like, what? I said, what do you want to do? And he's like, uh, you know, it's third and six. And he's like, uh, we should throw it. And I'm like, I just turned around and I went back into the huddle. Call it yourself. I was just like, whatever. So uh, I called the curl pattern. I hit Mervin Fernandez. Mervin made two guys miss. And he went for 70 yards and a touchdown. Get to the sideline. Art goes, yeah, that one. I'm like, you know, it was, it was just ridiculous because you've got to have somebody that is going to be accountable that everybody relies on you can't have this oh he called that he called you know we weren't i should we should have run my play that doesn't work you got to have somebody there to be able accountable so uh obviously this year in new york in new england it hasn't worked mm -hmm. what do you think about tomorrow's game as i told you when i handicapped the game on paper oh we're talking new england yeah i like new england a lot and the reason i like new england a lot is because of what happened last week. I just think this is going to be such an intense week of practice yeah. with Belichick. He's the old school, and throw a Steeler reference out. If you if something happened like that to, in a Steeler game when Chuck Knoll was the coach. Well, A, they wouldn't have done that with Chuck Knoll well, okay. as a coach. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> but but, but yeah, it was a whole different era of football. Right. Okay? Uh, you but know, Belichick but, is still kind of cut from that Right, um, That's that what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I said this is a whole different era of football, mm -hmm. okay, where the ball gets tossed around uh, a whole lot more. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, look, Bengals are on a roll. They got so much talent. Right. I mean, they're but They've they're played so many big games in a row, and they've yeah. got a bigger game next week. Yeah. Well, they got Buffalo so next week. You're thinking but, a little emotional letdown, but, that's what you're but, thinking? But, little, next, little, but next week isn't going to be, be a big game if they don't if win this week. If they don't win. Yeah. All right, you mentioned the Vikings earlier, and we mentioned that circus and that emotion. I mean, you're getting drilled. The fans are booing you off the field, yeah. and all of a sudden, Cousins rallies them. I don't know if it's more pro-Minnesota or anti-Colts that would yeah. happen there. But now you're at home, and you're getting the Giants, who are just as schizo and psycho. You don't know what you're going to get with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to have to be a runner, in my opinion. I mean, he's yeah. going to, you know, they, they, I think they're like 4-0 when he, you know, gets over like 90 yards or, or something like that. Uh, you got Saquon Barkley, but we really haven't seen much of him, you know, uh, well, that's lately. Other, so, other than Saquon Barkley, who do they have? Yeah. 
So right, I, <laughs> what, what do you think happens in in Minneapolis this week? Well, I think Minnesota wins the game, um, but uh, it'll be an. Interesting Are they going to be down thirty again? <laughs> you, you never know. Probably you know? not against that, but against that offense. But no, I, I like Minnesota in the game. I just I think they're the better team. They're the yes, they're schizophrenic, but they still have more talent, I think, than the Giants do. Situation with Minnesota. Now they've clinched, so they have no pressure. You could say, right. okay, they're just, mm. they don't care. But I think that's better for them and Kirk Cousins because there isn't that pressure. They yeah. can just go out, have fun, and execute. There's no pressure on you. Mm. You can't lose, you know, what you're going to be. Yeah. Philadelphia is going to have the number one seed. They're right. not, you know, they're not in contention mm. for that, in my opinion. And I, I know a lot of people are on the Giants. Mm. A lot of sharp people that I respect. I'm, they scare the hell yeah. out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I look at Minnesota this way. Yes, they've clinched, but I mean, it's great to say that we've clinched. We're in the playoffs, but they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and and, they know it too, and, right? And they, and they know it. Yeah. Everybody in that locker room knows it. They they look back in the game and they go, "Yeah, we won, uh-huh. but." What the hell was that in the first half? You know, and uh, so they got to get some things fixed before they get to the playoffs. Another team that has clinched, obviously, and they kind of played like it last week is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're life and death to go overtime to beat the lowly Houston Texans. Uh, now they're back at home. The Chiefs have been on the road for the past three weeks. They're back home. They're getting Seattle. They're playing for their playoff lives here. They've slid backwards with Geno Smith now. What do you think of this game with uh, Kansas City and Seattle? Uh, I think it's a bounce-back game for Kansas City to, to show everybody we're still the class of the AFC. We're right there with Buffalo. Uh, you know, last week, yeah, we went down and played, you know, the, the lowly Texans and played to their yeah. level. But uh, uh, I think they'll bounce back and bounce back in a big way. I don't I don't see Seattle being in the game with them. Marco, there's going to be a, a teaser for me with teasing Kansas City down. I'm almost tempted to lay the 10 uh, with them as well. What's your the thoughts? The only thing, uh, you got weather in Kansas City this week, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be extremely yeah, cold. Yeah. yeah, extremely yeah. cold and windy. The problem with Kansas, they're only 5-9 and nine against the spread. As good as gaudy as right. their straight-up record is, they're 5-9 and nine against the spread. We're starting to see a little bit of the old Andy Reid style where he takes his foot off the gas. And But in this particular game, I think it's a benefit. Run the football against the Seattle defense. defense yeah. You... Keep the Seattle offense off the field, and that defense has been giving up a ton of yards on the ground. But Kansas City's not known for a power running game anymore, but they need to do that this week, and maybe the conditions are going to make them do that. Well, you said the old Andy Reid. It's funny that you bring that up because I was watching, and they were doing some things this week. Kansas City has been under center this year more than they have in the previous three years combined. Wow. And that's, yeah. that helps their run game yeah. because you can do more things and it helps the play-action game. And I think that you're going to see that continue and that Seattle's a perfect person, you know, it, team to do it against. It drives me nuts. Third and ones where coaches have the guy in a shotgun. Right. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah. The only thing more than that is having everybody bunched at the line. We're talking about too. Four, fourth and one. We see it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, it's, it's like yeah. come on, spread your offense Fourth and inches. Yeah. I, it's, you see it at every level. Yeah. You know, you, you snap the ball four and a half, five yards deep, and you give it to a running back yeah. that's a yard or two behind the – you're like, he's, you got to go seven yards to gain six right. inches. Right. What, what are you doing? You know, get up there underneath center. So here's a fun fact for you guys. Uh, going to the, it applies to this game. So the team that has played the San Francisco 49ers the week before, they're one in 12 – in their next game. Who's this apply to? Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. You know, right? 
or you know that's less, that was the old Pittsburgh and Baltimore when, right. when you could hit yeah right. when you were allowed right. to hit in yeah, the NFL physical, and, and, yeah, and, the and that's the point the you, yep. and that's the what the 49ers are right yeah. they're just I like to call it they just have defensive brutality yeah and I love it yeah well I mean and that's well, why those teams well, are one and twelve right Jay there's no question about it I I think San Francisco right now has got this. And, and they kind of fell into it, you know, by chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have John Lynch as a GM who is nothing but a physical football player mm-hmm. that wants to play defense. And you got this great mind in Kyle Shanahan and offense. Mm-hmm. And it just, John's like, hey, we're getting defense. We're getting defense. And Kyle's like, hey, we're going to fit these guys. And the pickup of McCaffrey was was phenomenal. Uh, How could them. they get him? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, like, uh, if there was anybody like tailor-made to that offense. offense. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. It, 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 it's like uh, the New England Patriots gifting the Raiders a victory last it's week. It. Same thing with Carolina. Go yeah. take Christian McCaffrey. Go back to the Bay Area. Play, you know, Stanford, right. San Francisco. Go have fun. What? Yeah. And now San Francisco just flipped the switch. It's yeah. crazy. All right. We come back. It's time for our best bets. We're going to give you our three best NFL plays as well as the college bowl games that are taking place from tomorrow until Thursday. We'll have some fun with that. We are live at the world-famous Superbook here at the Westgate, Las Vegas. Now, back to more of Las Vegas' favorite sports madman, the Dr. T.C. Martin. We hear a little Cool in the Gang coming back. It just reminds me. First part of February, Cool in the Gang here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the International Theater. You can get your tickets here at the Westgate or through Ticketmaster. A little hey, 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 what do you got to say, Jay Schrader? I mean, come on. You want to go to that concert, don't you? I do want to go to that concert. Consider it now. You're down. I do (laughs) want to go to that concert. I know this other guy next to me, he didn't want no part of that, but that's okay, Marco. Come on. I do. I was like, you said cool in the game's going to be here. I'm like, heck yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to go back in time and remember that stuff, right? Absolutely. Those were some good times back then. They put put on a great show as well, too. They'll be at the Westgate. George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic, they're going to be coming here uh, as well, too. And again, uh, great concerts here at the Westgate Las Vegas. And don't forget, get down here on Sunday for Football Central inside the International Theater. You got the 4K video wall. Beautiful place to, to kick back and watch the games, get your food, your beverage. And of course, here inside the Sportsbook, too, here at the Superbook with all of you, your food options here. Uh, you got pizza, you got your burgers, you got your tacos, you got everything right here. <laughs> and of course, you got these gigantic television screens and the comfort uh, of the Superbook. Uh, most comfortable sports book by far anywhere in the world. It is the largest sports book in the world here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Sorry. My bowl game's up, by the way, so we better get to it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It's, it's, it's actually not, uh, you know, I, I didn't make the play, but I made a play, but not for yeah. our best bets. But yeah. uh, hopefully you got the Demon Deacons. No. Yeah, he's on the other side, huh? I am. I went with Missouri in this game. So I did, did I. Yeah. I went, <laughs> did you? Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna... I, got, I got Missouri in this Gasparilla Bowl, so, Uh-oh. you know, it's getting started, so I just want to throw that out there. I saw it on the big screen here. Yeah. I'm like, hey, before you think I'm cheating, it's still 0-0, but I get I got the Missouri Tigers. So not like a Trevor Maddich, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're, 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 tre- we're, we're Trevor's business. Exactly. All right. There is. Speaking of Trevor Maddich, he's back in the studio in Bristol, for this game as well too so he will not be joining us uh, today but Jay Schrader's in the house Marco D'Angelo it's time for the best bets it's football Friday and time for the weekend's action here's the best bets our three best NFL plays Saturday Sunday we got a Monday night football game and then our three best bowl games that take place 
tomorrow through Thursday. But we're going to let Jay Schrader slide here, and we'll let him give give, uh, give you uh, today's uh, game between I, Wake Forest and Mizzou. That's okay. I, I got Mizzou in this game. I, Let's hear it. I just, you know, I, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Uh, I just think, you know, the Deacons, yeah, they can throw it around and look all that. I just think when it comes down to it, Marco, I think Missouri's a tougher football team. Defense. I really do. I really think they're a tougher football team, and I think their defense is going to hold up. So I like Mizzou in this one. All right. Keep it going, brother. Let's go. You got two more. I got. Well, I'm, I'm going to go to the NFL. I got. No, no, no. You got to give I, us three college bowl games. You know, I don't. Three NFL <laughs> games. These are the rules. Quick, we're throw a flag on this guy. Hold on. False start. Would that be illegal procedure? What would no, that be against you? Yeah. Unsportsmanlike conduct. That's what I think it is. That's yeah, no, a 15-yarder. No. You know. Come on, man. The bowl games are bowl games. I don't know who's who's doing what until next week. Okay, let's the ones be, that count. Yeah, let's, let's be realistic. Okay, I mean, yes, we got this game today, Missouri, and all that. Six and six. Mm-hmm. Is that really a bowl team? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a team that got in with five because there wasn't yeah. enough. Yeah, and six that, and six. That just tells me one thing for sure, and that's there's way too many bowl games. Uh, and you know, and I think it's great for the colleges; they get an extra extra month to prepare, get to play, you know, practice all that stuff. But uh, there, there's a lot of teams that shouldn't be in bowl games. Let's, you know. So, so since I like Wake, should I do what you did to me last week and say food bet? This is what he did to me last week. He, he gives his breakdown, this and that, and then it comes over to me, and he's like writing me this note, and I'm going, I can't read. Your chicken scratch, your nunchuck, you know, chicken scratch, and then he goes, then he goes, food bet. And I go, yeah. And so the food, I told you the story in the yep. suite, right? Yep. Philadelphia and Chicago. Yeah. And you know, okay, this piece of cake. So yeah, he wins his food bet because the Bears score a meaningless backdoor touchdown. You know, but now he's pounding his chest. Oh, I had the Bears. They lost the game, but that's okay. That's I, think he, I think he won fair. the bet, though. He won the bet. Yeah. Okay. He's going to get some Mexican food coming up next <laughs> there week. You now. There, there you go. go. All right. What do you got, Mark? We'll give us the three best bowl games. All right. I'm going to start off with uh, we're going bowl game, Wisconsin. I'm going to lay the price with Wisconsin against Oklahoma State. I was State. expecting Jay to go with that one. Oklahoma State. This is all you got to know. You have your quarterback. Spencer Sanders, been there four years, has one year left of eligibility. Mm. He says, bye, guys. I'm gone. What's that tell you? Why? Daddy's son's going to quarterback. No. Um, I'm going with Wisconsin. They're going to run the football down Oklahoma State's You think Wisconsin's going to run it? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you are aware that Wisconsin is – They've got. I think there's like a combined 14 guys from both teams that have opted out of this game. Right. So I looked at that, and I said – I throw my hands up. White flag. Forget it. I mean, how can you handicap this game, especially the way both teams have played this season? Right. But, you know, Wisconsin's got a, a new coach in Luke Fickle, and, you know, he's... But the yeah, defensive coordinator that's been there 17 years is coaching them in the bowl game. They're gonna Jim play, Leonard. They're yeah. going to play yeah. hard for yeah. him. Yeah. I like Jim Leonard. Second one, I'm going with Coastal Carolina plus seven and a half. Here's a team. I looked at that game, yep. Here's a team. You've got Grayson McCall. He is going into the transfer portal, but unlike all these other guys, he's staying to play the game with his team. And he was injured at the end of the season, came back the last game. They had a great year, minus the last two games of the season. He was not 100% when he came back. He's had a month to get healthy. So I'm taking them plus the points. And the last one, I'm going to take Kansas against Arkansas. Here's a Kansas team that I think is excited to be here in a bowl game. It's been a long time since they've been relevant. I love their coach. 
that offense can go up and down the field. Arkansas has got some transition with the uh, coaches leaving, the uh, coordinators. We're, we've got Barry Odom here. I'm going to go ahead and take the dog in that one and take Kansas plus the points. All right. Speaking of dog, I'm going to start off with the dog uh, tomorrow, 5 p.m. We got the Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii Bowl. You know Bowl, about right? the Hawaii Bowl, Jay? Yeah. There you go. Middle Tennessee against San Diego State. Middle Tennessee is getting six and a half. I'm going to take them. Middle Tennessee is excited to go to Hawaii. Last year, they were excited to go to the Bahamas Bowl. So they go from the Bahamas to Hawaii. Boy, that's 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 a long trip. Uh, you're apart there. But, hey, they're used to being rewarded in these uh, friendly confines, so to speak, right? All right. So good consistency with this Middle Tennessee team. Uh, I'm not. Wor- you're not worried about any opt-outs, kind of like what I talked about with Air Force. You know, they were motivated, no opt-outs, ready to go, ready to play last night. Easy winner against Baylor. Now look at this same situation with Middle Tennessee as well. Solid quarterback, solid offensively. They're averaging 407 yards per game. San Diego State on the other side, they're void of offense. <laughs> They've got no offense. I mean, they barely beat UNLV. Remember this? 14-10. to 10. They scored... Uh, a whopping three points against Air Force in their last game of the season. They haven't beaten a quality opponent all year. They got drilled by Boise State 35-13, drilled by Utah 35-7. They got beat by Fresno State as well, too. Uh, Mountain West, forget about it. I'm going to take Middle Tennessee State. They crushed Miami earlier this year. They won their last three games going away. They're on a roll. They're going to be inspired. Wrong team favored here. I'll take Middle Tennessee. I believe the Blue Raiders. There you go. I got them. All right. Then I'm going to go with another little blue and white team. I'm going with Memphis, the Tigers, minus seven and a half against another Mountain West Conference team. See my, my, my yeah, I see. A, against Utah State, uh, the first responder bowl. This game is going to be Tuesday night. All right. Memphis is talking about six and six record, guys. They're deceiving six and six. Uh, Memphis played a much tougher schedule. Close losses to uh, UCF, to Tulane, uh, who end up winning that conference, SMU, Houston, and Mississippi State. Uh, then when they play the lower echelon teams, they win those games, and they usually win them pretty easily as well, too. So uh, I, I really like Memphis in this situation. When you look at Utah State, losses to Boise State, Wyoming, and... They lost to UNLV. Say no more. <laughs> Jay, do I got to say anything more? Are you kidding me? Memphis, a very disciplined team, too. And I'll the tell show you does originate from Las Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just want, I just want to remind you that here. There you Let's go. not get too carried away. Here. That's a good point. And I'll finally say this about Memphis. Here's what I like about them. One of the least penalized teams in college football. Give me Memphis. I know I got to lay a seven and a half, yeah. but I'm going to do it. And finally, uh, Pac-12. We're going to go oh with gosh. the Washington Huskies against the Texas Longhorns getting Ooh. four here. So I'm thinking dog, dog, dog here. Uh, Alamo Bowl. This game will be played next Thursday. Now, before we start saying, no, Texas, they're a mess right now. There is not a team that has lost more players to the opt-out yeah. and the transfer portal and everything else here. They're all excited there in Texas. Do you know why they're all excited? Because they got Arch Manning coming <laughs> next year. They got... All these B. John Robinson, arguably the best running back in college football, he says bye bye. I'm not going to play. They've got five starters 
that are saying, I'm not going to play in this game. This program is all about talking about what they've got next year. They've got the number one high school recruiting class. They're going to have transfers. Uh, they got Arch Manning coming in. That's all they're talking about. And that's not a good sign when you're going to a bowl game. So, uh, yeah, forget about them with me. Complete opposite with Washington. They're fired up to be here. And they've got no starters opting out. As a matter of fact, they got quarterback Michael Penix Jr. He's coming back for his sixth year of eligibility. He's so fired up. Second year, you know, there at Washington under the new coach there. And Washington's won six in a row. Beat Oregon. Beat Oregon State. Beat Washington State in their rivalry game. And talk about an offense that's rolling right now. Washington is averaging 526 yards a game. Fourth in the nation. Second in passing at 377. And they're averaging 41 points per game. I will take Washington against Texas. NFL, my friend. Jay Schrader. NFL. I am going to take the Detroit Lions over Carolina. I like the Lions. I like the way they're doing it. I, I believe in what they're getting done over there uh, with the Lions. So I've got the Lions. And, you know, I am actually going to take Miami over Green Bay. Okay. Do you realize that Aaron Rodgers is 4-6 and six in Miami? No. He's 4-6 and six in Miami. And I just think after the game that Miami played last week up in Buffalo... You know, in the cold weather, they're going to come back. They're going to get that offense rolling again. So I like Miami. And then my final game, I know you don't like this, Marco. I'm going with the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals over New England. Uh, I just think there's, yeah, yes, New England's going to have a great week. They'll be prepared and all that. I just think Cincinnati's on a roll. They're starting to make that playoff push. And uh, I think uh, they're just too many weapons uh, for New England because New England can't score that many points. I just think that Cincinnati is going to put up 35 points and New England will be lucky if they put up 17. The quarterback going with three strong quarterbacks there yep, on those yep. plays. All right, Marco D'Angelo, what do you got? I think we got a food bet here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A triangle? Uh-oh. 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 Look at See, welcome to my world now. Uh-oh. I like it. Okay. Yeah. I got to go with New England. I, I'm looking at this one in Cincinnati, they've played Pittsburgh, big revenge game. They played at Tennessee when Tennessee was still good. Kansas City, then they played the revenge game from the Monday night game against the rival Cleveland. And then last week, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. I don't know how many weeks they can keep playing, you know, Full bore the way they have. Okay, with I'm going to call timeout because you can't. You can't. You already re- used all three of your timeouts. Yeah, but you, you, <laughs> you, you can't put Tampa Bay in there right now. Let's be honest. Right. Come on, let's be it, honest. But still, when you got Tom Brady, you know, and they were down 17 points. Stop. They were down we don't 17. Hear about Tom Brady. Let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> I'm taking New England for play number one. Play number two. I'm going to step in front of another hot team. This is the week I think San Francisco puts that clunker in. They had the first game with Brock Purdy. We always go with the injured team. I thought there would be a back off last week, uh, but that was a Thursday night game, standalone, uh, and it was for the division title. Now they clinched the division title. I think they're going to like kind of exhale. Oh, food bet. <laughs> Well, man, I wrote it down. This could be an expensive <laughs> Do you see how legible that was, too? That was, that was large. I mean, that was no question about it. Uh, this could be an expensive week, maybe, for me. Or I'm going to gain some weight. But I am Jay's going to for free. I mean, for free. Courtesy of Marco. Washington plus the points in the last one. I'm going to take Gardner Minshew. I think that this was too Ooh. much of a line adjustment. I don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to take Philadelphia plus that four and a half, five points that's floating around out there. 
injured player theory. Let's go with Minshew. All right. Well, there you go. Marco is, will probably like this play, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. The Cleveland Browns. I'm taking the Brownies. I know Jay's going to hate it, but hear me out. Is that sweater too tight? What's going on? <laughs> I love it. Minus three at home against the Saints. This is more of a play against the Saints, yeah, okay? that's true. I, Ug- ugly yeah. weather conditions. Yeah, Advantage gonna, Cleveland with the run game. I think Nick Chubb's going to go ballistic. He only has 1,252 yards on the season, right? Trailing what? Only Josh Jacobs. Uh, Cleveland's averaging 149 on the ground. Advantage quarterback, I'm going to say it, Deshaun Watson over Andy Dalton. And I think Watson is starting to get it. We're going to see a decent game uh, against this uh, Saints team. All right. Last week, the Browns were good against uh, the Ravens, 13-3. They shut down the Baltimore offense completely. Look for the same thing here. And uh, the Saints have lost four of the last six games. I'll use the term again, just like San Diego State. They're void of offense. I mean, they stink. (laughs) All right, and uh, Chris Olave, their wide receiver, he's out. They've already had, you know, Michael Thomas, everybody else. They've got no wide receivers, and you got your boy Andy Dalton. Little short price delay. I'll Basically, take the Brownies. Basically, that's a default bet. <laughs> it is a default bet. You're right. Because New Orleans has nothing right now. Thank you. And that's how we got to play it sometimes, right? There you go. All right, food bet. Uh-oh. I'm taking the Niners. Uh-oh. I'm going to lay six and a half. Washington traveling cross country. San Francisco's rolling. They've won seven in a row. And I'll use the term I said earlier. Defensively, they are just have defensive brutality when they just beat up these opponents. Now, Washington is a very physical team, too. They are. They really are. Ron Rivera does a nice job. But the offensive weapons galore for San Francisco, to me, this is a mismatch of talent. You know, you look at Washington, uh, outside of beating Philadelphia, they don't have a quality win over anybody except that that one uh, against Philadelphia. Matter of fact, Washington hasn't won a game in over a month. Think about that. Say you haven't won a football game in over a month, you're going to tell me they're going to go into San Francisco and beat them? And the two wins they had before that, Houston Texans, Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to lay six and a half. I think it's kind of a short price with the Niners. And finally, guys, I'm going with Franco. I'm going with the emotion. I'm going with the terrible towels. I'm going with the death game. I love doing the death game here. And this is there's probably isn't a better death game with Franco Harris. They're going to be fired up for him. Retirement jersey, the whole bit. The Raiders are such a passive team, I think, Jay, emotionally, that they're going to fall right in to this. They're not going to come out, be fired up, this and that. I think they're going to succumb to the atmosphere in Pittsburgh, succumb to the moment. And we've seen them succumb to lesser teams. I know Pittsburgh isn't great. But I just think their defense is playing much better right now. J.J. Watt is healthy as can be. Other guys on the defense side of the ball are, are there and they're healthy. And Pittsburgh offensively, I think they should be able to move the ball against that Raiders D. And I just think that you know the Pittsburgh defense is very good against a run. Right, yeah. Seventh against the run. They shut down Josh Jacobs. I think it's a Pittsburgh win. Yeah, I, I can't argue there. And with the weather conditions, uh, everything else, uh, you make valid points right there. So it, it's going to be – should be a good game. I'm uh, rooting for you, Marco. I'm rooting for you too, There DC. you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except San Francisco. Of course, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm with you with San Francisco on that bet. I just I just think their defense – because Washington has no offense. Right. You know, uh, their defense is good, but uh, Washington has no offense. I don't see them scoring. Those are our best bets. They're up on the website at TC Martin Show. 
Betco.com. Just go to the tab, Best Bets. You'll get all of our plays. Scott Spricer's plays are up there as well, too. Gil be the intern. Uh, just as bad as Jay giving out college games that have already started. But that's okay. You know, it's all good. Hey, but I'm down. Uh, your, your, your demon deacons have uh, scored here. Sam Hartman, baby. I mean, come on. This is, he's, this is his last game with the demon deacons. All right. Um, I want to uh, bring up, you know, again, very festive time. Uh, wish everybody, all of our listeners, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you believe and you uh, celebrate, uh, do that uh, with loved ones, family, and friends. And, you know, we're going to be doing that ourselves this weekend. And a shout out to Jay for spending time at the Elysian Stadium with the Raiders facility. Uh, I, I would love for you to talk about that real quick, about yeah. what you experienced the last couple of days. Uh, it was it was amazing. Uh, the Raiders put together, they had 500 uh, kids come in and there was bounce houses, there was food, there was games, there was all kinds of things. Uh, every one of those kids got to walk away with two two gifts and uh, it was just an honor to be there to present them. Max Crosby was there, Collins was there, current veteran guys were there, but uh, it was just so nice to see, you know, and, it, and it's so heartwarming. I'll tell you this, you know, there was one little girl, I helped her pick out something and, and I said, well, you get to pick out something else. I said, what are you looking for? She goes, I want to get something for my sister. And if that doesn't make your day, yep. you know, it was amazing. I was able to take my daughter there. She got to see it. And, nice. uh, you know, it's just what they did for those kids. Uh, you know, and the police officers, the firemen, everybody were there. They, you know, they all support these kids. Uh, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, it was a, it was a great evening. No question about it. All right. Great. Yeah. I loved seeing the pictures and, the, and all the uh, promotional stuff that went with that. So, yeah. Great job, as always, with you. You've had a great year. Salute to service. Uh, a nominee for the Raiders as well, too. So Yeah, waiting for great. them to announce that. Yeah. You know, NFL takes their time. They, so they, I, they do. All right. All right, guys. Appreciate everyone for joining us here. Like I said, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website. We've got our Raider and Steeler previews up there talking about Franco Harris, the Immaculate Reception, the history there. Go to the website, check that out. Our interview with Lincoln Kennedy is up on the website that we talked with him earlier in the week, so check that out. Best bets and a whole lot more all at tcmartinshow.com. Marco, appreciate you, brother. All right? We'll Love see, being here. You got it. We'll see you next week. And Jay, always appreciate you being here, man. How many times are we going out to dinner next week? I mean, obviously we'll be out. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Hopefully it's courtesy of Marco, too, right? Yeah. I'm, that's okay. That's it. All right. We thank everyone here at the Westgate, Jay Cornegay, John Murray, the whole entire staff here, and everybody, Chris uh, O'Brien, uh, everybody. Appreciate them. We're back at it again on Monday, recapping a busy NFL weekend. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you Monday at 2.